Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Perhaps you have a big decision to make right now. Lord, do I move? Do I sell my house? Do I go to college? What do I major in? Do I get married? Who do I get married to? You know, whatever. The question today is, how does God guide us? A lot of people in the world turn to dial 1-900-PSYCHIC or tarot cards or Ouija boards or horoscopes or astrology charts. But what I want us to look at today is how God guided the wise men to the Christ child. And in that process, we will see if you have a big decision to make, how does God guide you in that? Would you take out your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, and let's start with prayer. Father, we pray for anyone listening right now who is needing to make a big decision. God, we pray you will speak to us now how it is you will guide us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, magi, wise men, from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Here's the first lesson today. From the start, Jesus is for everybody. These wise men are not Jewish. They are from probably modern-day Iraq. They're non-Jews. But these non-Jews show up at Jesus' birth. And you got to put yourself in the mindset of a first century Jew. Here it is. We are waiting for the Jewish Messiah to come to the Jews to save the Jews, period. And right at the outset, God has non-Jews show up to show Jesus is for everybody. <clears throat> One of the early battles of the early church was to get the Jewish Christians to see, including the 12 disciples, that Jesus is not just for Jews, he's for Gentiles, he's for non-Jews, he's for everybody. So the first point I want you to get is, Jesus is not just for white Anglo-Saxon Protestants like me, he's for people in Afghanistan, he's for Buddhists, he's for Muslims, everybody needs Jesus. The United Church of Christ is perhaps the most liberal of all the Protestant denominations. They tend to be universalistic, which means everybody goes to heaven. And I was on the website of a liberal UCC church a while ago, and it says on their website, Jesus is our only way, but he is not the only way. <laughs> what? No. According to the Bible, Jesus is the only way for everybody. Jesus isn't just here for Jews. Everybody needs Jesus. And you know what's interesting? Here's, this was a head, headline on yesterday's newspaper. Since 1990, the liberal United Church of Christ, the liberal Presbyterian Church USA, and the liberal Episcopal Church have lost nearly half of their members since 1990. 
Well, that's what happens if you don't think people need Jesus. Here we go back to Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 2. The, the wise men said to the king, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Here's the next lesson, kind of a strange one. God can use evil things to guide us to himself. Astrology is an evil thing. If you read Isaiah 48 or Jeremiah chapter 10, if you're into tarot cards and horoscopes and letting the stars guide your lives, that's a sin. And why is that a sin? Because God wants to rule your life through the Bible, not through tarot cards and horoscopes. <laughs> but here's what's strange. It does appear in this story that God allowed astrology, maybe to a little degree, to get the wise men to Bethlehem. Point being, some of you maybe were led to Christ through an evil thing. I've heard more than one story of someone who says, I came to Christ because of my alcoholism. I have a dear friend, I prayed for her conversion for many years. She didn't convert until she went through a horrible divorce. So maybe alcohol, drugs, divorce, something horrible led you to Christ. That can happen. Look at verse 3. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Here's the next lesson. An evil man perceives Jesus as a threat. Was Herod right? Was Jesus a threat to his throne? The answer is no. Because Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So Herod, your throne is safe. But I would maintain many people in this world have Heroditis. They're afraid of Jesus. And, oh, if I become a Christian, I can't have fun anymore. And I have to sing hymns all the time. And I got to uh, move to Africa and become a missionary and put my hair in a tight bun. And I can never have... No. And the devil has convinced so many people that they should be afraid of Jesus when the opposite is true. You know what we should really be afraid of? Lack of Jesus. You know, Erwin uh, Lutzer said this, God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. We need not fear it. You know, what, America is in a mess right now because we've turned our back on Jesus. And, and we should not fear Jesus, we should fear lack of Jesus. Let me explain. Many years ago, a man is driving his Model T Ford down the street. Something goes wrong, he has to pull to the side of the road, he puts the hood up, and he's trying to fix this thing. A long Lincoln Continental pulls up. Tall, thin man comes out of the car. Something wrong, sir? Yeah, I, I can't seem to figure out what's wrong with my car. And this tall gentleman just twitched something and it was fine. The man said, well, who do I have to thank for this? What is your name, sir? The man said, my name is Henry Ford. <laughs> Point being, Henry Ford made the Model T. He knows what makes it tick best. Listen, God made us. God is the one who makes us healthy and happy. Don't be afraid of Jesus. Be afraid of lack of Jesus. Look at verse 4. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, the king began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet in the Old Testament, and from you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, you are no means least among the leaders of Judah, 
for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Here's the next lesson. The main way God guides us is through the Bible. Even this evil king knows to consult the Bible to find out where the Christ is going to be born. But here's what's strange about this verse. Why does the king want to know from the Bible where Christ will be born so he can worship him? No, so he can kill him. And this leads to an important lesson. Here it is. Not everyone who uses the Bible is from God. You remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil? The devil quoted the Bible to Jesus. Do you remember that? When the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons are on your doorstep, they will quote the Bible to you. Mostly backwards, but they'll quote it to you. And I'm a Lutheran, and can I say this? It grieves me the way liberal bishops and pastors in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the liberal branch of Lutheranism, they use the Bible, and they are not being from God. Can I give you a recent example? Recently, 31,000 teenagers of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is not evangelical and I'm not sure it's even Lutheran, came together for their big national assembly. The ELCA leaders put liberal Christian uh, Lutheran pastors and bishops in front of these, these poor kids. Number one was Reverend Nadia Bowles Weber, very radical pastor. She's a universalist. Everybody goes to heaven. Nobody goes to hell. She basically preached that to the teenagers. And then she had them say out loud after her, I renounce the lie that queerness is anything other than beauty. Then they brought the next speaker on stage, an ELCA pastor's wife who has a 12-year-old transgender daughter. It's really a boy who now they're putting a dress on and calling her. They had a whole renaming ceremony at her church so that the little boy could be renamed Rebecca. And then the 12-year-old girl came on stage and proclaimed, transgender is being who God made me to be. Then she said, paint, or he said, excuse me, I'm not going to say she. He said, paint a giant rainbow flag out in front of your church. No ELCA Lutherans. God does not call a little 12-year-old boy to be a girl. And then a former bishop comes out to preach to the students, and he says... Pardon me, I'm quoting him. Pardon my language. I'm pissed off about school shootings. I grieve unclean water. I am furious about separation of children at the border. But he didn't say one word to them about separating children from their mothers in their mother's wombs. He didn't mention that. And why is that? Because the ELCA Lutheran Church is so pro-choice, it pays for abortion for any reason in its church's health care plan. Uh, if you're an ELCA Lutheran, if you're a PCUSA Presbyterian, United Church of Christ, Episcopal, you've got to find a better church. There are, good advantage, there are good options. You can still be a Lutheran. Just go Missouri Synod or somewhere else. But my point is, just because somebody... And these, these bishops and these the ELCA liberal pastors, they'll tell you they believe in the Bible. No, no, no. Read the Bible for yourself. Uh, now and then I'll hear somebody say, well, pastor, I, I haven't been to seminary. I just, I, I'm trusting that, that my pastor is reading the Bible for me. No, 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 don't do that. That's why these churches are in a mess. And again, uh, like, we, like I just quoted from the newspaper, these denominations have shrunk to half since 1990, and they should shrink.
Read the Bible for yourself. When I was a teenager, my dad ran the horse race track in Omaha. And my job in the summer was to go into the money room and count money all day. Now and then, you'd, something felt funny. And you'd look at it, and it was a counterfeit bill. You could tell it was counterfeit by the way it felt. And my point is, don't trust your pastor to read the Bible for you. Get the feel of these pages in your own fingers. Read the Bible carefully, regularly, and you'll be able to spot the phonies like this. Verse 7. Matthew chapter 2 at verse 7. Then Herod the king secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. When you have found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. Next lesson. Evil people lie. Don't be surprised when people lie. Isn't it interesting on these courtroom TV shows like Judge Judy? Isn't it hard to tell who's telling the truth? <laughs> it sure is for me. Well, that's part of life, part of the fall. We humans are good at lying. And look at verse 9. And having heard the king, the Magi went on their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house and saw the Christ child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Now I want you to notice the next lesson. Jesus alone is worthy of worship. It says the Magi saw Jesus and Mary, but they only worshipped him. There is a movement in the Catholic Church to proclaim Mary as the co-redemptrix with Christ, that both Jesus and Mary are our redemption. Pray the Catholics never do that, because 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Look at verse 11. And they fell down and worshipped him, and opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Here's the next lesson. Sometimes God provides gifts for us without our asking. Joseph and Mary don't know it, but in the next paragraph, they're going to need money so they can flee to Egypt to get away from Herod. They didn't ask for the wise men to show up. They didn't even ask for money, but God knew what was going on. He just provides it. <laughs> I've had people tell me that I need to preach about money more, and maybe I do, because I've been told the, the most popular topic in the New Testament, if you count all the verses, is the second coming of Christ. But you know what the second most popular topic is? Money, and how money can get a hold of people. So, yeah, maybe I do need to preach about money more, but they say that Mother Teresa never asked for money. She just prayed, and God brought it in. There's a saying... Some Christians talk to people about money. Other Christians talk to God about people. <laughs> and look at verse 12. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to King Herod, the wise men departed for their own country by another way. Here's the next lesson. God can speak through dreams. I've preached on this show many times. Dreams come from one of three places, God, the devil, or pizza. In this verse, the dream is coming from God to warn the wise men.
So let's kind of sum this up. You've got a big decision to make. God, how are you going to guide me? Well, let me just summarize. Number one, read your Bible. 95% of what God wants you to know, he's already told you in the Bible. So make sure you're reading it regularly, daily. I mean, let's say your big question is, God, should I marry my non-Christian boyfriend? Well, if you read the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, if you're a Christian, you marry a Christian. So you've got your answer. So 95% of what you need to know, God's already revealed. But then the second thing you do, pray and trust. James chapter 1 says, if you lack wisdom from God, pray to God and he will give it to you, uh, but ask in faith. So you say, God, what do I do about this? And then you just pray and you wait. But having said that, you don't pray for guidance if you already know it or you could get deceived. I mean, if your prayer is, Lord, uh, it says in the Bible, I shouldn't marry my non-Christian boyfriend. Okay, God, should I? Well, that, you're opening yourself up to deception. Don't do that. Third thing to say about guidance, the Holy Spirit will guide you. Jesus said in, in John 16, the Spirit will guide you into all the truth. So if you don't have peace about something, that might, may be God's way of telling you to wait. Uh, for instance, my sister died when she was 32 years old, leaving behind her husband and a little six-year-old daughter and three-year-old son. I was the godfather for these kids, but they've been raised in Kansas and now they're full-blown adults. And, and I've shared the gospel with them growing up, but I don't see them hardly ever. And I just wanted to do it again. But it didn't seem right, you know, just out of the blue. So I just, okay, Lord, what do I do? I just waited. And then Aaron, the daughter, who now is in her 40s, writes me a letter. Uncle Tom, I want to know more about my mom. I don't remember her very well. Can you share some memories about my mom? I didn't think anything of it. Okay, I'll write her a letter. 4.30 in the morning, I'm, I'm woken up, and it's, it's just clearly in my head, here's your door. Dear Aaron, and I sent a copy of it to Ben and to other relatives. Yes, here's what I remember about your mom. She was a Christian. I remember going into her deathbed and making sure she knew Jesus for the salvation of her soul. And Aaron and Ben, it, it, Ruthann wants to see you in heaven. If you don't go to a good church, start going every Sunday. Understand that we're not saved by being good. It's only by the blood of Christ. Trust in him for your salvation. And my, am I glad I waited and wrote that letter because it was, so the Holy Spirit will guide you in the timing of all these. Next, an another thing that can guide us, circumstances. Sometimes you don't know whether to go left or right and the circumstances will show you, you go this way. <laughs> Years ago, there was a Lutheran high school in New Orleans that wanted me to come and be their Bible teacher. And I prayed about it and it seemed right, and I was this close to saying yes. I go down to New Orleans to do the interview. By the end of the day, I knew this is not the place for me. So sometimes you just got to wait and see how God guides the circumstances. But I will say you got to be careful on this one too, because sometimes all the circumstances say no, and God says, oh yes. I'm thinking of Sarah, 90 years old. All the circumstances were telling her, you're not going to have a baby. And God said, oh, yes, you are. One last thing to do to get guidance. Seek others' counsel. 
Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 11 says, in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. So when I have a decision to make, I don't make that by myself. I bounce that off some other Christians that I respect. And what would you do, etc.? Get some good counsel. All right. Do you need an answer from God right now? Well, number one, read your Bible. Number two, pray and wait. Number three, trust the Holy Spirit's timing. Number four, look at the circumstances. And number five, get some good counsel. Talk to somebody about it. But I, I got to make the main point here. Here's the main point. Remember, the highest authority all this is the Bible. And if your feelings tell you something, but the Bible says something else, you follow the Bible and not your feelings. If all your family and friends are telling you something, but the Bible says different, you follow the Bible. I'll close with this. Here's a man who was lost in the forest. He wants to get out. It sure seems to him he should go straight. But he's got this compass in his pocket and he takes it out and it says, no, go that way. Finally, the man thought, okay, well, Compass, you've never led me astray before. I'm going against my feelings. I'm going your way. He got out of the forest. He was safe. <laughs> Listen, again, the compass in the Christian life is not your feelings. It's not your intuition. It's not what everybody else in the world says. Read your Bible, follow the Bible, and you will be safe. That is the way God guides us. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible and our everyday walk with the Lord. Pastor Brock, when you were talking from your last sermon here, my question, first question is, does the devil ever give people dreams? He does. I've had a few of those. A lot of people have had dreams from the devil, whether they be you know, sexual dreams or, or dreams that just lead people astray. And you know, Jackie, the Apostle Paul said, Satan can appear like an angel of light. In other words, an angel maybe flights, floats into your bedroom tonight and gives you a message. It may not be an angel. It might be the devil masquerading as an angel of light, which again is why every dream, every vision, everything has to be test, tested against what Jesus and the Apostles wrote us in the Bible. So how does a person tell if a dream is from God or the devil? Well, what is the criteria? Or, or pizza. Sometimes or pizza. <laughs> it's just your own, your own self. Okay. I think, you know, Jackie, I've had dreams <clears throat> that I think were from God, dreams from the devil, and dreams from pizza. And I think the way you know is, first of all, is the dream biblical? If it's not, you throw it out. If it is biblical, then you just got to wait and see how it pans out. Time will tell. Okay. This is kind of going off the track, but... Which Bible version do you recommend to mm -hmm. people? I mean, yeah. you go into a Christian yep. bookstore and there's 47 right. different Bibles. Right. I like the Bible versions that, whose translation of the Greek New Testament, Hebrew Old Testament, is very exact. I want to know exactly what it says. Don't put any spin on it. And those versions are the New American Standard Version and the English Standard Version, ESV, NASB. I would get those. I've said it before on this show, ESV Study Bible is excellent. Okay. Is it okay for a person to kind of skip around going through the Bible or... Should they start at the beginning and make it a goal to just go from the beginning to the end? What's your well, suggestion? Well, you know, Jackie, when I was, I think, in high school, I used to do this. Oh, Lord, what should I do? 
And you know, oh, you know, you know I've done that too. <laughs> and we shouldn't do that. That's kind of no. turning the Bible into an astrology chart. Um, so I, here's what I say. In, nothing's wrong with, with flitting around the Bible, but normally pick a book of the Bible and go all the way through Matthew. Then all the way through. I mean, I, I've read the Bible through many times, I, and I just got done with it again, so now I'm starting over in, in Genesis. It's good to read all the way through, then all the way through. Nothing's wrong with skipping around some, but I wouldn't have that be my meat and potatoes. Okay. Well, I know, I think it's sometimes hard, like, to just say, okay, I'm going to start with the beginning, go all the way through the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, it's nice to get from both sections. Yeah at the same time. So you can go to the Christian bookstore and buy one of those Bible tracks on how to get through the Bible in one year. Mm -hmm. You go ask, and often they'll have an Old Testament and New Testament reading each day. So I guess we talked about the Bible there a little bit, but which groups do you think are misusing mm -hmm. the Bible then? Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, Christian Science, the Unity Church, and I'm a Lutheran, Jackie, but I'm gonna say this, liberal Lutherans, liberal United Church of Christ pastors, liberal Episcopal priests, liberal Methodist pastors, liberal PCUSA Presbyterians uh, can really twist the scriptures. So you got to read it for yourself if you're in one of those churches. Okay, but if a pastor has been to seminary and he's trained in the Bible, can you trust that what he's teaching is true? Uh, n not today. Once upon a time when you and I were little, we could trust that what the Lutheran pastor said was biblical. You can't do that anymore. I'm saying that as a Lutheran. And so it's important not, well, I'll just let the pastor explain it. He's been to seminary. No, you read the Bible for yourself. That's why people are being deceived. Satan has people wearing collars preaching in pulpits today. Why does God allow somebody to yeah. get in the pulpit? Well, and, and you know, I'm thinking of that verse in the Old Testament. Uh, God talks about why does he allow false prophets the Lord your God is testing you to see if you will follow him. That's what he says. I, okay. I'll have to find the verse, but it's there. <laughs> All right. Just a little bit of, less than a minute, but how does a person tell if they're in a biblical church? Does the church teach that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Does it teach there's a heaven and a hell? Does it teach the Bible is the infallible word of God? Does it teach the truth about things like premarital sex, abortion, homosexuality? If your church is lining up on those issues, you probably got a pretty good church. Okay. Well, we could go on probably for a lot longer on this <laughs> topic, but we're almost out of time. So we want to thank you for being with us at the pastor's study this week. We pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. God bless. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the Pastor Study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 
4.1. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.